to begin a brand new teaching series for the next three weeks that I title Included. In fact, that's the title of this very sermon, Included. So if you have your Bibles, join me in Acts chapter 8. But I do want to make a promise to you, in fact, five promises. The topic of Included focuses on race relations and diversity. How do you get along with people who are different? How do you build bridges in your life so that the other can cross over and be included in your social circle in your life? May I give you five promises because this topic is oftentimes dealt with in such varied ways that it creates a lot of problems rather than a lot of healing. So I want to let you know how I'm approaching it. So let me frame it by giving you these five teaching promises. Promise number one, and these are promises I'm making to you. I promise not to harm you because each race, culture, and ethnicity is loved equally by God. My second promise, I promise to use an ethic of care in teaching. This position unites along racial, cultural, and ethnic lines. It doesn't divide. Third, I promise to help you develop into a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ who serve as an ambassador of racial reconciliation. So in essence, I want to equip you so you can be a reconciler. My fourth promise is, I promise to uphold the mission of Christ's church, which is to unite people to God and people to people. My fifth promise to you is this. I promise to teach you how to make room in your heart and social life to include the other. You may say, who's the other? The other is anyone who's different than you, racially, culturally, ethnically, or on any other social marker. Now, I want to ask you to make one promise to me over these next three weeks. And so raise your right hand, please. And I want you to repeat after me this single promise that I'm asking of you. I promise to listen carefully and allow the Holy Spirit and the truth of Scripture to shape my attitudes and actions towards the other, so that I'll become more Christ-like at the end of these three teaching sessions. Thank you for making that promise with me. Let's rub our hands together now. Let's get into the Word. I bring your attention to Acts chapter 8, verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandake, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I? He said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shearers silent so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. 
The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here's water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? Now some translations add verse 37, which says, Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. The eunuch answered, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Let's stop there. The story opens for us a gateway to having an awareness of the other. There is no way you can include people into your life that are different than you unless you're aware. Your awareness has to be on two levels. First, it has to be internal. You've got to be aware of who you are. And you have to be aware of who the other is. So let's go back and really understand the text. The unit pulled his chariot right up to Jerusalem. He came all the way from Ethiopia, North Africa, 1,500 miles. This eunuch, as you know, based on history, a eunuch is a castrated male. One becomes a eunuch for one of two ways. One, the captures of war brutalized him. Or some major government ruler emasculated him so he can then guard the harem, the queen, or oversee some major arm of government in an undivided way. It was the latter with this particular Ethiopian eunuch because the scripture tells us he was the treasurer for the queen of the Ethiopians. He was the minister of finance overseeing all the finance in Ethiopia in a single-minded, single-focused way devotion. But there was something about this eunuch that made him unique. He was a God-fearing eunuch. And in his being God-fearing, he wanted to have a question in his heart answered. He was looking for meaning in life. And one of the questions that he was struggling with was, do I matter? Do I have value? See, as a eunuch, he had no family of his own. And in first century, people looked for their descendants to carry on their name, to tell stories of their existence when they pass away, so that there's this perpetuation of their legacy, their value. And so this eunuch, though he had success, he lacked significance. So he took the 1,500-mile journey to Jerusalem, that sacred city, that holy city, that city that was referred to as the city of God. In fact, Jeremiah in Jeremiah 31 verse 6 tells us that if anybody wants to hear from God, go to Jerusalem. 
Anybody want to have answers to meaningful, deep, probative questions that they struggle with? Jeremiah said, go to Jerusalem. This eunuch, he went to Jerusalem. Not to the city proper, to the temple in Jerusalem. That famous place that God would, as the Jews would refer to, as the seat where the voice of God is heard from, where it's trumpeted. So he pulls his chariot up. And you can imagine as he's driving through the city, he sees merchants hawking their wares. He's hearing languages from people from all over the world because Jerusalem was a place of commerce, an international city. When his driver pulls the chariot up to the temple grounds, parks it, the eunuch gets out. I can imagine he's so excited. He's going to this famous temple. Historians tell us the temple also referred to as, you know, Jerusalem also referred to as Mount Zion. It was placed on a mountain. This was the third construction of the temple. Herod built this for the Jews. Flavius Josephus, the great Jewish historian, tells us that there were 18,000 workers working on this temple that took 46 years to build. 17,000 craftsmen, slaves, but a thousand Jewish priests trained to work with carpentry and various precious metals because the sanctuary could not be touched by Gentiles or non-Jews. The eunuch, he walks out. And as he walks into the Gentile court to make his way into the assembly, there's signs posted around. That tells him, no Gentiles beyond this point. And then we find out from Deuteronomy 23 verse 1, no one who is emasculated or has his male organ cut off may enter the assembly of the Lord. The eunuch stops dead in his tracks. He can't go in to worship. The worshipers paraded past him. And he has to stand outside of the wall where the worship, it's muted by the wall, the barrier. The sound of the sermon, muted by the barrier, the wall. As the worshipers parade past him, they knew he was different. His clothing told them that he was different. His skin color told him that told them that he was different. Everything about him spoke of difference. And so he was not included, rather, he was excluded because of difference. You know, something about this eunuch that we must understand the people that are in our lives today, that they're close to us, but yet they're far from us. They're far from us because we have somehow, we've not seen them, we've not recognized them, we've not realized that we've put up barriers that make them feel excluded from who we are. And it's based on some of the markers of difference. Maybe their race, maybe their ethnicity, maybe their culture. And somehow we've We've ruled them out in our hearts for them to be 
in our social circle. I wonder how the eunuch must have felt. Excluded. It it was almost as if it was a, a double castration. The first, physical. Oh, his clothes cover that up. The second one, it was spiritual. There was no smile to cover up that feeling. After the ceremony is over, he summons his driver, he gets back in the chariot, off they go back to Ethiopia. But they take the road by Gaza. It's a 50-mile stretch from Jerusalem to Gaza, and they're taking that road so they can get to Egypt and then to, to Ethiopia, which is on the southern tip of Egypt. And here we find then, as they're on this road, and the, the, the eunuch is reading, somehow he's not so upset that he can't keep searching for a sense of meaningfulness, so he's reading the book of Isaiah. It tells us something about this eunuch. It tells us that he's very educated, though he's searching and empty, searching for meaning, searching for a sense of belonging, searching for family. And, and he's looking at the scripture to see if, can I be, belong to God's family? Does God have room for me? Do the people of God, can they make room for me? And so as he's reading, God is stirring the heart of one of his servants, Philip the evangelist, Philip this messianic believer. Philip, the one who goes about looking for people to talk to about Jesus. And as Philip is minding his own business, an angel visits Philip. And then the Holy Spirit affirms the visitation by telling Philip, go and join yourself next to that chariot. And Philip has to run to catch that chariot. And as he's running by the chariot, he he hears the eunuch reading. And he's reading from the book of Isaiah, the 53rd chapter. And you may say, well, how in the world could he hear the eunuch reading? Because in ancient days, people read aloud to try to pick apart the word to be able to extract meaning from the text. And so that's exactly what the eunuch was doing, reading aloud to understand internally what was being said and what was taking place in the scroll. And somehow he had enough money to get a hold of a scroll while in Jerusalem of the book of Isaiah. And so he's searching for meaning and searching for answers and searching for a sense of belonging and searching for a family to be a part of. And I want you to understand that when you recognize that there are people in your life that are the other. They're searching. And God wants you to be a reconciler. He wants you to be able to give them access to who you are, to your heart, so that you can be able to answer not only their probative searching questions, but you can build a relationship, a bridge across difference into their lives. That's what I mean when I say included. It's about including the other in your life. Philip then says, while he's running next to the chariot. Do you understand what you're reading? And I want you to freeze that question in your mind right now because when their eyes locked on each other, they knew the difference that each other has. That means the difference in skin color, the difference in attire, the difference in in mother tongue, the difference in the fact of even worldview, that Philip was a Christ follower, the eunuch was searching to become a follower of someone. He had no idea what to do, but he knew that something's missing from his life. And so when they looked at each other, they can visibly see the markers of difference, but they both had an awareness. I call that intercultural competence. 
their level of knowledge about what it means to have intercultural interactions was at a high point so that they made room for difference. And Philip's question was not condemning. It was not accusatory. It was not negative. It didn't have bias. It wasn't tainted with assumptions that made the eunuch feel bad. Neither did the eunuch look at Philip that way. And so they looked at each other with respect. And that's what needs to take place when you build a lifestyle of bridges across difference for you to include people into your life. So the question that the eunuch was really asking internally is, do I matter? And the question that we must also recognize that's there is the eunuch is perhaps asking as he's looking at Philip, do you matter to me? The eunuch then says to Philip, come on in, sit next to me. There was no wall between them, no barriers, no exclusion, nothing. One man sitting next to another, though they were different from each other, they're sitting next to each other so they can both learn from one another. And I love the fact that Philip understood, that's why the scripture is very clear, this is an Ethiopian eunuch. Philip understood the longing within the eunuch's heart. He longed for belonging. He longed to be a part of a family. And it was so important to Philip that the eunuch mattered to him. I want you to recognize that. If you're going to be someone that is cross-cultural and effective when it comes to developing intercultural competence, the ability to build healthy relationships with the other, you must be able to be respectful towards people who are different than you. And they must see that respect. They must feel that respect. There must be an awareness that you convey to them that I see you. You matter to me. And the eunuch, when he said to Philip, please sit next to me. And the eunuch answered him with such vulnerability because of the, the awareness they both had of each other. The eunuch says, how can I understand unless someone explains it to me? And there Philip begins to speak about Jesus to the eunuch. And when he spoke about Jesus to the eunuch, and the eunuch was reading from the chapter of Isaiah 53, I want you to understand that there was wisdom in Philip's part to let the eunuch understand how God in his infinite wisdom, he includes him. And so the question that the eunuch was asking, really, not saying, I don't understand, he was really asking, will you include me? I'm sure, and scholars affirm, that Philip must have scrolled down in the scroll to Isaiah 56 and landed on verse 3 and read this part to the eunuch. No foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord should say, the Lord will exclude me from his people. And the eunuch should not say, look, I'm a dried up tree. For the Lord says, for the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths and choose what pleases me and hold firmly to my covenant, I will give them in my house and within my walls a memorial and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give each of them an everlasting name that will never be cut off. 
I mean, he's a eunuch. <laughs> if he couldn't, while he's in the chariot, he must have done a happy dance. He, he, he wanted to find out, am I hearing properly that God has a bridge that gives me access to Him and access to His people? I, I can be on the inside of the wall, the, not on the outside any longer, but I can be one of God's people. Sign me up. What do I need to do? And Philip says, you must believe in your heart on the Lord Jesus. And then the, one of the, the seals or confirmation of someone's acceptance of Christ is water baptism. It's an outward sign of an inward change. And Philip must have explained that to the eunuch for the text says that the eunuch barked out an order to his driver, stop the chariot. And he says to Philip, here's water. What prevents me from being baptized? I heard when I went to Jerusalem, what prevents me from going into the assembly? I saw the signs that says no Gentiles allowed, no eunuchs allowed. But here we are in a chariot on the road, in the desert. There's water. You've read Isaiah 56 to me. God says that I can be included and I dare not as a eunuch say I'm a dried up tree. God says you'll write my name down that the name that I have will warrant and give me the ability to have, as if it were, a better memorial, one that's greater than having sons and daughters naturally. And they both stepped out of the chariot that day, walked across the road, walked into the water, and there Philip baptized. I baptize you, the eunuch, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And he brought him up out of the water. And the scripture says, the eunuch went home rejoicing. Why? Because he was included. One of the greatest things is when you include people into your life who are different than you. It's when you make room in your heart for them. And doing that, it requires having an awareness of who you are and who they are. When I have self-awareness, it means that I know how I'm walking through the world. What role my race, my ethnicity, my culture... And even my faith plays how I'm being interpreted by others. Sometimes those markers are compounded and create a negative interpretation from others towards me. Other times those markers are compounded and create a positive interpretation. But I have to be aware as to who I am. The eunuch was aware. Philip was aware. And when these two men met each other, both having an exemplary level of self-awareness, their personal awareness as to who they are and their markers of difference did not make them rebuff the other. In fact, they welcomed each other. And as a result, the eunuch was transformed and he became one of the first Gentile believers of Jesus from North Africa. And he went on his way rejoicing. During World War II, 
this particular soldier was killed and his two buddies who were good friends with him, they just, they really honored John. And they wanted to bury him in a nice cemetery. And so they alternated as to who would carry him on their shoulders as they walked for miles looking for a cemetery plot. And sure enough, they came upon one. And when they walked through the gate, because it was fenced in, when they walked through the gate, they knocked on the door of the cottage. And the door was opened by a Catholic priest. And they said to him, Father, can we bury our friend in the cemetery? And the priest said, was your friend Catholic or Protestant? And they said he was Protestant. And the priest looked at them in their eyes and said, I'm sorry, men. This cemetery is only for Catholics. But I have a great spot where you can bury him. It's right outside the fence. It's a good spot. And so they dug a hole, put their friend in, covered up the gravesite, and they walked back to their platoon. When the war ended, they wanted to put flowers on their friend's grave before they went back home, and so they walked miles again to the same cemetery, walked through the, the gate, and they looked for the spot outside the fence for their friend's grave, and they couldn't find it. So they knocked on the door of the cottage, and the same priest answered, and they said, Father, if you remember, we were here months ago, and, and we buried our friend right outside the fence, and we, we can't find his grave site. The priest said, Men, I must admit, all night when you guys left, I was troubled by what I told you. And so one of the soldiers said, What did you do? Did you... <laughs> did you dig up my friend and put him in the grave within the cemetery? And the Catholic priest said, no, I moved the fence to include your friend's grave in the cemetery. And over these next several weeks, I want to help you move the fence in your life so you can include people that are different because you have a lot to offer the world. Why limit it? to just members of your own race, your own culture, or your own ethnicity. The Ethiopian eunuch and Philip helped us understand how to build bridges across difference by understanding the value of awareness. Would you bow your heart with me, please? Father, I thank you for each person. I pray that you would help us to open our hearts wide to people that are different than ourselves. Help us to move the fences in our lives to include the other. We need your help. We can't do it by ourselves. Help us to grow in not only self-awareness, but awareness of the other so we can become fully devoted disciples of Jesus Christ that are ambassadors of reconciliation. I ask you these things in the name of Jesus. Our, our Savior and our Lord. Amen. There was something in the sermon that I must ask you to pray with me about. Do you remember when the eunuch wanted to be included in the family of God? How about you? The eunuch accepted Christ as his Savior. Would you like to do that? Let me play the role of Philip in your life. Would you pray with me right where you are for Jesus to become your Savior and your Lord. Repeat after me these words. Heavenly Father, wash away my sins today. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. 
be my savior. Transform me like you did the eunuch thousands of years ago. These things I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for praying with me. Would you follow the instructions on the screen so that we can be able to help cement this, this decision you made today to walk with Jesus. And it is our honor to walk with you. Have a wonderful week. God bless you.